School has looked different for millions of teachers, kids, and staff members since March. The pandemic has brought about a massive overhaul in how we educate our kids. Last spring, many pivoted to online instruction at the drop of a hat. Many were also making sure that every kid had access to a laptop, internet, and other resources to help them and their families manage. Now, a new school year has been underway in the middle of all of this, and there are various plans in action. Some are fully remote, some are a hybrid of remote and in-person, some have options for either or. Overall, it hasn't been easy. But I think this is where the true learning happens. When we all work together to find creative solutions to new problems and making sure that everyone is okay. This is Pivot, a podcast about navigating transitions, negotiating change, and reimagining our world. I'm Kenneth Brown Jr. I recently chatted with Paul Atkinson, head of school for the Fletcher Academy in Raleigh. The Fletcher Academy is a school for students with learning differences, and I chatted with Paul about what has pivoting looked like for them and what he's been learning. I should also note that the A.J. Fletcher Foundation is a significant supporter of the Fletcher Academy. Um, I know for lots of educators, especially, you know, schools like yourself, um, it's just been a lot of pivoting and trying new things um, and navigating this time. So I wanted to ask, how do you define pivots and pivoting? One thing that I heard someone say one time um, about being a a school principal or being a, a head of school is that you have to be really comfortable with ambiguity. You, 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 you can't, um, you can't lose your mind when you enter that daily situation that occurs where there really isn't a known answer to the new problem that arises. And I think that's what, what, what a pivot is all about is, okay, here's something new that you're confronted with. And what are you going to do now? And speaking of that, and what are you going to do now? How have, what has pivoting looked like for the Fletcher Academy? Um, your, the, the tagline, where unique learners flourish. And so how are you making sure that your unique learners are flourishing in the midst of this unique time? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Well, as you know, we're, we're a school for uh, students who have learning differences. Um, our, our kids, uh, large a portion of our population uh, struggles with attention deficit, uh, and then many of our students have uh, diagnosed uh, learning differences or learning disabilities of some kind. And um, so we are geared to be small, um, uh, very favorable student-to-teacher ratios, small class sizes, lots of individualization. That doesn't pair up so well with virtual learning, as it turns out. Um, Now, we have had to pivot. We had to pivot back in the spring when we couldn't be here in person. And um, I think because we're small and because our faculty is so with it, 
um, we were able to um, kind of think on the fly and uh, we, we put together a small um, uh, team of, of, of teachers that that was their sole focus uh, was figure this out. And they put together a, a remarkable set of recommendations which allowed us to teach online through the rest of the school year and still uh, meet kids really where they are in terms of their individual needs. Um, as we moved into the summer and began thinking or, or rethinking what instruction would look like for this academic year, uh, we, we decided that a hybrid-based model would be our best bet. And so our team put, put its heads back together and uh, we, we thought through, you know, what, what does that look like? How do we condense the day so that we can reduce contact time between people? How can we get the classes spread out? Um, how many kids can we su support here live on campus each day? And how many uh, can we comfortably support off campus online? Um, and we've been able to, to pull that off um, with a remarkable level of, of success. Um, school feels different. Um, it feels very different uh, than, than a normal year, but uh, we're doing it and our kids are not lagging. They are, uh, they are making progress as they should. How are they doing and how have they um, adjust, adjusted? Because I can imagine that you know, the levels of resilience is not just growing for you and your team has a faculty and staff, but also with students where it just seems like challenge after challenge on top of their learning difference. Well, that's absolutely true. Well, I, I think it's not, not only the case for students, it's the case for the entire world right now. We all are struggling with, um, with massive generalized anxiety issues. I mean, we are just um, anxious about the world that surrounds us and the unknowns that surround us. And our students are no different. Um, I, think, uh, I think they have gone through uh, periods where I think they have appreciated uh, some of the changes, some of the, 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 the distance um, that, that this scenario has created. But at the same time, I think more so they've really struggled with it. Um, kids, uh, one of my, my favorite things to say is, what does a kid want more than anything else in the world? It's another kid's attention, right? And during this time, Kids, kids are social learners. We're all social learners, but kids especially so. And during this time, they just haven't had that. They're not having it to the same degree. Um, I, think, I think people have been able to pivot and um, figure out ways to get some of those good, goodies, um, but it's, it's not entirely the same. So kids are struggling. Kids are struggling, and, and we're doing our best to give them as many opportunities to be together and to work together, uh, given the limitations at hand. What have you been learning overall in general, in terms of your work over the past few months? What have, what have you been learning and what things have stuck out to you? I think the things that, the, the, the primary thing I've been learning is patience. 
Um, I'm not the most patient person. Um, I like to push myself and push others. I like to go, go, go. And um, part of, you know, that instinct I've had to curb. I've had to slow myself down. I've had to put my plans <laughs> on the shelf. And, um, you know, and we've had, we, we have some really big plans that, that we've been working on for years. Um, for instance, uh, this past, um, this past year, we, we purchased another campus and we've been renovating that campus with the goal of opening, opening that campus this past fall. So back in August, of course, COVID changed all those plans, uh, pushed us way off course. Um, the construction uh, timeframe got pushed back. Uh, we've had to figure out how to accommodate um, this entire new paradigm of learning uh, here on this one campus in North Raleigh um, and, uh, and doing so with a fairly large number of students um, because we were planning on, on moving you know, many of our students down to that other campus. So um, I, I think patience, just putting, learning that it's okay to sometimes set things aside, set your plans aside and pay attention to the moment. Um, the rest of the stuff can catch up later. How have you been able to, to model that to your teachers and your staff? A lot of people that I have interviewed have talked about listening to what your people need and what your team needs and making a plan and going from there. But how have you been able to like use that and to, to motivate your staff? I've learned that by turning to my staff, turning to my teachers, to other administrators, um, and really paying attention to where they are. And, um, and I've tried to let them model the right attitude. Normally, I try to model the attitude that needs to be followed. I'm the one out there cheerleading in the hallways or um, teasing the kids out front uh, as they're getting out of the cars um, uh, to enter the school. But, but I really more so this year have, have had to pay attention to what's going on with, with our staff. And, uh, and like you said, pay attention to their needs, pay attention to what's going on with them. Um, I was remarkably um, moved when uh, it was time for the teachers to come back um, early August, and um, we had pre-service week, a, a week of planning, a week of preparation for school, and everyone's attitude was spectacular. Um, were some people incredibly nervous about coming back, and and were some people, did some people question whether the protocols that we we had put in place were going to be enough to keep infection from, from spreading uh, amongst our community. And um, yes, people had those questions, but folks came in with a, a willingness to, um, to think outside the box and to be open to information. 
And, um, and then they were also willing, and they've always been willing to raise their hands and ask hard questions um, and challenge common assumptions. Um, and I think that's the key to any organization's success is, is um, um, you know, you've got, you've got to, you got to challenge where you are. You've got to challenge yourself to grow. Uh, you have to challenge yourself to pivot. Um, cause if you don't, you're dying. What gives you hope? I that's a that's a good question. I I despite the fact that I'm getting older, despite the fact that I, I'm in my fifties, um, I'm still I haven't lot lost my my sense of optimism, and I am optimistic about the world. For as hard as things are, as for as hard as things get. I still believe that, that that human beings will figure things out. I think things have to sometimes get bad, really bad, before they get better. Um, but I do believe that things get better. And I do believe that the arc of human progress is long. Uh, it's all about the long game. And, um, and so what gives me hope is the idea that that we will figure this out. We will figure this out. Um, that's a huge question, of course. What gives what gives me hope? Um, but I, I think if you don't have that attitude, for me, if I don't have that attitude of um, things are incrementally getting better, uh, then the the work of being a school ahead of school the work of being an educator seems kind of pointless i think you have to have a sense of optimism what do you hope sticks around after the pandemic is over and some sense of normalcy returns the first thing that popped in my head and i'm not, i don't know if i quite believe this zoom um, the whole idea of virtual meetings and virtual conferencing. Um, do I hope that this will stick around? Yeah, I do. Am I sick of it right now? Yes. But do I, do I see utility in it? Yes, absolutely. There's great utility in it. And I think um, we've also learned that, that we can do more from home. Um, we can do more um, um, in a non-traditional sense than we ever thought we could. Um, the one thing that I have learned, however, um, that I don't from this from this entire ordeal of of the pandemic is that I have I I have completely put aside the notion that online learning is a panacea 
that online learning will solve, eventually take over and solve all of our problems. I have I have put that notion aside because um, what this has revealed to me um, is that it is there is a truth to the fact that learning is a human endeavor, and it is um, about humans working with other humans, and human beings working in social spaces um, in proximity with one another. Um, that's how people learn best. Now, can they learn the other way? Yes, but I think schools, what, what I'm taking away from this whole thing is that schools matter, that physical schools matter. Um, and I think that's being proven to parents and students and legislators um, uh, across our country and throughout the entire world. Someone listening to this, you know, I think you, you, you've dropped a lot of gems, a lot of pearls of wisdom. Um, but someone listening to this might be listening just to hear how other people have pivoted. Maybe they're going through a series of pivots themselves like everybody else. I was wondering, um, what words would you offer to them? I think the words that I would have to offer is... Um, you have to trust, trust yourself, um, even at, in times like these that feel like there are no answers. Um, you have to trust yourself to, to find answers that work for you in the moment and work for your organization in the moment. Um, and, you know, trust yourself to think outside of the box. Um, going back to the old playbook just won't cut it in these times as most of us have learned. And um, so I, I think thinking outside of the box and, and trusting yourself too, that, that, that you will land on answers that will get you through. How can people learn more about the Fletcher Academy? That's a great question. Um, our We just revamped our website, so please visit it at www.tfaraleigh.org. And that, uh, I'm saying TFA, which stands for the Fletcher Academy. So tfaraleigh.org. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. been listening to Pivots, a podcast about navigating transitions, negotiating change, and reimagining our world. Pivots is a project of the A.J. Fletcher Foundation, produced and hosted by me, Kenneth Brown Jr. Our music is composed by Blue Dot Sessions, sound effects from freesound.org. You can hear this episode and more by going to our show page at www.pivotsajf.simplecast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.
See you next time.